make us sing and get us in a spirit of preparation for our worship service, our praise services. Just a real good conduit leading us to presence of the Lord in the words and the singing just brings great praise to God. We want to welcome all those by way of television and all the means of communication that we have reaching out. We're just constantly looking for new avenues of hope and, and, and sharing the gospel of Christ. And, you know, um, Robin has us on just about every available means of communication, um, television and radio and YouTube and Bitchu and some names that even confuse me when I try to pronounce them. Today, as we welcome you into our worship service, we pray for you, and if there's any specific prayer requests that you have, you let us know, either by calling or writing to us. We appreciate all the prayers and considerations that you have for us. Our opening hymn this morning is, is one of joy, joyful, joyful, we adore the purple number 89, 89, joining us by way of television, our scripture it's going to be First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And the question I ask you today, are you getting wary? Are you getting wary? So let us turn now to our opening hymn. You've been seated for a while and you'd like to do a little stretch and you want to stand as we turn to our hymn of praise. Purple hymn number 89, please. Each other 
Thank you. You may be seated in our praise song, a spirit song, purple number 347. And Chris Larson's going to be having a grandchild this afternoon, 11 years old, celebrating 11th birthday. And what is her, what's her name, Chris? Bria. Bria. And we dedicate this um, to Bria and honor the birthdays of Darwin Borden. Do remind me that pick up that wheelchair out there. I only put that out there each and every Sunday for Darwin. So, spirit song.
Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. During my 50 years of career as a United Methodist minister, I've always had a number of doctors, physicians in my congregation, and they would always tell, tell me that they would prefer to see their patients in church rather than in the clinic. And he always felt that they could either exchange spending time in the clinic or spending time in worship, that worship was a real good therapy. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just want to thank you today for those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, and we pray we don't know the reason for Darwin or Marilyn not being with us this morning, but as he celebrates his birthday, we, we pray, Father, that you would continue to be with him and bless him and continue to strengthen him. We thank you for Dr. Thompson and our worship service today and his family. We, we pray, Father, for spouses that are separated from miles, the hospital needs, Lord. We just pray, Father, that you would be with those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries that, that mean a time of, of togetherness. And we pray that togetherness would foster a sense of community and in love and, and making good memories. As we concentrate on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, we're going to ask ourselves, are we getting wary? Are we getting wary? And honestly, we probably are. We thank you for those who turned out in, uh, on Friday night. Hundreds of people that we handed candy out to and, and devotional tracks. We pray an added blessing on those devotional tracks. It's said that for every devotional track that's produced, there's five to ten readers of that, that track that leads people to Christ. And amidst the times that we're living in and the priorities, we realize that, that a third of Americans say that the economy is the country's most important issue. And that gun violence and gun control is a close second followed by the, the lack of trust in government and politicians. And the results from a BD Kip poll of over 1,310 Americans completed in June, it asked Americans, what is the most important issue facing the country today? Only 6% answered the Russian-Ukraine war. And after two years of this pandemic, COVID-19 received only 5%, suggesting most Americans are no longer worried about the virus that took over one million American lives. Priorities, priorities, Lord, differ according to parties and ideological lines. Gun control, economy, our top issues, Democrats, climate control, and Cronus and the, the Russian war tied for a third spot. The economy, nearly 50%, immigration, 27%, and the lack of trust in government and politics, top Republicans' concerns. Independents were closer to Republicans. They rated the economy, nearly 50%, and lack of trust in government and politicians as their top issues. 
and as the United States leads in military aid. In recent dollar terms, the United States has donated 10 times, yes, that's true, 10 times more aid to Ukraine than any other country. The nearly 26 billion spending amounts to a quarter, that's it, a quarter of our gross national product. Is in, in using this metric, the cont contributions of Ukraine's neighbors, although much smaller, were also significant, made up to nearly 50% other than the United States. We are living in chaotic times when desperate news is not news any longer. There, there has been a development in a, in a dichotomy of percentages about the Earth and its future. The division is, I think, clearly defined as a story that was recently heard a, a preacher tell. That he, he said that as a schoolgirl school was assigned the task of writing an essay, the girl's choice was, was on a wonderful new world order that was being constricted and constructed. And she was intent on presenting this, the preacher said, and the promise of the, this globalistic oriented curriculum to which she had been subjected during the entire classroom experience. And the dichotomy, the division of perception within each of the world order and the need for building it is a stark one indeed. The, the humanist one-worlders have promised, as in the lyrics of the song by John Lennon, imagine, imagine that all the world will be as one. This will be the children's bright future of the future of the heresies, the globalists, can force ecology destroyers to chase their carbon emissions and, and stop their climate change villainy. Imagine, imagine there is no heaven, as the Beatles would say, it's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no country. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer. But I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Imagine no possessions, a wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger, a brother, sisterhood, humanity. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. Father, we pray that you would bring a, a, a prophetic knowledge to, to us as we examine your scripture today, Lord. Teach us, Lord, the importance of reading your word, the importance of daily fellowship with you. As you've taught us 
to pray, praying for our district superintendent, Dan Johnson, as he suffered a heart attack. Pray that you'd be with Debbie and the entire family. Stresses that he's experiencing as a United Methodist District Superintendent. Pray for others in our congregation as we mention them in our silent prayers to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for being with them as we are part one another. The Thompson family, we pray a special blessing and hedge of protection around them. And all others, as we pray the prayer that you have taught us to pray, praying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This time I'd like to challenge you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. It seems like the, it's not only the days and the weeks and the months that go by quicker as we age. I spoke on the, the topic of time and the time that I had to share when I was gone a particular Sunday when one of the churches I served for, for a number of years celebrated their 125th anniversary and I can still remember as a, as a youngin walking from the parking lot through church doors and it seemed like forever to reach the pulpit. And that, that time just seemed to drag as I prepared myself to share my first sermon in my first appointed church. And now it seems like, you know, you no sooner get up in the morning and you're preparing to go to bed at night, time goes so quickly. And I believe that's one of the things that, that Paul was reminding us of the times that we live in and how crucial and important it is that we are never to grow weary, never to get weary. Reading now from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. For the Lord, and as we look forward to that day, for the Lord himself, with, with a cry of command, and with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive. You ever find yourself saying, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus? Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up. That's the word rapio, rapture. The rapture, you hear the word rapture, taking up. We will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. Just as the Lord ascended, after his death, burial, resurrection, he will descend. And with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage. Say that word with me, encourage. 
one another with these words. May God add his blessings to his word. Thank you. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, Mike. The first thing that I came to know and we shall realize is that the rapture and the Lord's second coming are two separate events. They're different. They're not at the same time, same thing. You may not realize it, but when Christ returns to earth, he's bringing all the raptured saints with him. Another important thing to know is that during rapture, the Christians will disappear mysteriously like, where are they? They were just here. But when Christ returns, every eye will see him. During the rapture, he's coming to take up his saints. During the second coming, he'll establish his new kingdom here on earth. During the rapture, he'll remove the saints to prevent them from having to endure the worst or full weight of the, the great tribulation. In the book of Luke, it tells us to pray that we are ready to escape. We get ready by having faith in Jesus. His return to earth to establish his kingdom is going to take place and rescue the Christians from the bulk of the terrible parts of the, of the tribulation. This is written in 24, Matthew 24, 29. When every eye will see Jesus return with the saints in full glory. Furthermore, in 2 Thessalonians, we learn that the brightness of his return to earth ends the seven years' reign of the Antichrist. His brightness, when he comes back, ends the reign of the Antichrist. That's how he's defeated. His light. 1 Timothy tells us that these last days will be marked with, by rebellion against authority, civil disobedience, an increase in crime, and finally, a great increase in knowledge of travel. Sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? This all sounds very familiar, because that's what we're going through right now, increase in crime. I thought about that, I thought, defund the police? What happens when you defund the police? Obviously, crime will increase in great measure. In, in Corinthians 25, 51 52, it says the dead in Christ will be raised, and even those that have not died yet will be changed at the sound of the last trump. All Christians will be caught up in the air to meet Jesus in their new incorruptible bodies. Jesus returns to earth with his saints, we're all coming back with him, and will touch down on the Mount of Olives. That's where he's, everyone's, if you ever wonder where he's going to come back, that's where he's come back on the Mount of Olives with all his saints and where every eye will be able to see it. The Christians already passed will be called up during the rapture and return to earth with Jesus in their glorified bodies, new glorified bodies. The living Christians will receive their new bodies almost as simultaneously as Jesus comes back and those are caught up or within the blink of an eye. In these two verses, it is only important that you realize Christians that who have already died will receive new resurrected bodies, just like the ones that are still alive will receive new resurrected bodies. And Christians alive will then be caught up to join with them in the eternal company of the Lord 
in their new eternal bodies on the new earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody say thank you, Jesus, this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We uh, live in some interesting times. One of the greatest requests that I have by those who listen by way of television or radio or YouTube or Facebook is try to give us some encouragement because of the chaotic time that we're living in. I, I faced the butt of the spear uh, a number of years ago when I was corresponding as a, as a colonel in the Air Force and I was representing the, the chaplains and corresponding with the, I won't mention any names, but I can let you figure it out. I was corresponding with one of the um, vice presidential candidates of Hillary, Killer, uh, Hillary Clinton, and, um, I guess, you know, Tim Kaine. And at that time, Tim Kaine was, was boasting about his missionary ventures, and he was trying to get me to, um, and all the chaplains, basically, all the chaplains, pray in Jesus' name. And up until that time, I was always privileged and really considered an honor to open up um, Senate and House of Representatives with a prayer, with a prayer and say that it, you should never use Jesus' name. You're supposed to represent all religions, and I, I would always respond, no, I can't do that. If you want me to pray, it's always in Jesus' name. I say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I learned to kind of cover my bases when I said the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and Jesus and God. I felt that was all-inclusive enough. Just here a few days ago, I was told, even though I'm retired, uh, Colonel Air Force said that the Air Force is initiating, imagine this, initiating that, that all U.S. Air Force personnel not address their parents as mom and dad, or father and mother. And I mean, it's, it's this, this whole crazy, crazy system, and the Air Force, I believe, has always been kind of on the edge of trying to introduce horrible concepts to military, Air Force, it goes to the Army and Navy and uh, Marines and and ultimately, they, they don't want us to um, pray in, in Jesus' name. And now they don't want us to address our parents as mother and father. What, what, what's the term that they want us to use now, Chris? Do you recall, Chris? Yeah, care, caregivers, you know, or nurturers, nurturers. And, you know, times are quickly passing, and I kind of resonate, I think I'm going to get Robin maybe next Sunday to play that um, song by the Beatles, I Can Only Imagine. I Can Only Imagine. And the lyrics are actually coming true um, today. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, that the request that I often receive is, would you please, would you please encourage our the listeners, our listeners who are discouraged and and made doubtful by this rampant evil and this delayed, it's delayed rapture of the church. If you've gone to any secondary meetings, secondary meetings that we have at the um, Revived Church, and, and if you're following um, the news media um, currently, and you see that 
wickedness that's happening here. It's almost unbelievable, the indoctrination that our children, our grandchildren, you know, fortunately my children have chosen to homeschool their, their children, which are my grandchildren, homeschool them. We believers have a pain in our necks from looking up and looking for the second coming, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And Mike has always done such a good job and elaborated on so many issues of the second coming of Christ. And I don't believe I need to repeat those. And imagine, how many, how many promises do you th think there are in the Bible about peace? There are 365 verses. Now, isn't that coincidental? How many days are there in a year? 365, there are over 365 verses in the Bible that tell us, that tell you and I not to worry, not to be anxious, not to be fearful, not to fret over e evil. I imagine if I could have Dr. Larson come up and, and share his experiences of ER. And, um, my daughter Joy, who works at St. Luke's Hospital as a physician, says that just a, you know, just an onslaught of people that are fearful and frightful and anxious, anxieties on, you know, on a rise. But on, on many days, believers, you and I as believers, we're so inundated, inundated with horrific headlines and predicted scenarios of doom and gloom that, that staying calm and praising the Lord are very difficult, even knowing that the Bible says the last days will be days of peril. Perilous days, perilous days. I even wonder sometimes how can they become even more perilous, you know, for those who are experiencing anxiety. And, and oftentimes I, I get calls from people, you know, that all they want to say is they, they can't even espouse their name. They just want you to pray for them. Just pray for them. And I'm praying for those by way of television and radio and and. You know, I know God knows your name and the need that you had, even though some have been Bible students for, for 60 years and many more, we never expected to see a time when the spirit of the Antichrist, spirit of the Antichrist would be so prolific. We never thought we would see America decline and no longer be a foreknown Superpower, we never thought the likes of George Soros, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, Kua Noah Harayas, middle-aged in individualists operating the global mission, B.O. Barack Obama and, and the Chinese Communist Party would be like the puppet masters running, running America plus legions, I believe legions. Jesus dealt with demons and devils and people that were possessed, and he said there were legions, legions of demons, plus legions more wicked men now and women scheming in dark, smoke-filled rooms. We are reluctant observers of the fundamental transformation of America. America, and I can still remember when B.O. promised certain things in 2008. We just don't, we just didn't believe him. 
And it's why I keep urging all believers by way of television, radio, and other means to have an eternal perspective, eternal perspective, and to hold on unloosely to this groaning planet. You can't hardly pick a continent or a country that's at peace. And one final day events are set in motion, as they obviously are. There's no going back. One of our daughter's friends gave us a little plaque sits on our, our sink that says the, the only setting in the Tabor household is the normal on the dryer. How is your normal going? There are things that are recently just not in our lifetime, not in the last month, things that Congress has passed that were supposedly to lower inflation, and you don't have to have any class on economics to realize that actually this was just a gimmick. It will do just the opposite. Monsters, monsters in the swamp in Washington, D.C. voted to allow the IRS, the IRS to become the modern Gestapo. And because of his mental incapacity, Biden's only role is to put his signature on legislation designed to make American suffer. But that signature allows the IRS, do you realize what that signature allowed the IRS to do? To soon become larger than the Pentagon? The IRS is larger than the Pentagon, the State Department, the FBI, and the Border Patrol combined? More IRS agents in the reserves, in the guards, in the National Guard. This allows these agents to further squeeze the middle class in America and further crash the conservatives and the Christians. I fear we face a day when you won't be able to use a church contribution as a means of deduction from your income tax. So that's why I'm encouraging people to donate now. These so-called IRS agents will supposedly raise more than $200 billion in additional revenue for the federal government over the next few years. If you're like most righteous people, righteous people, you're fed up. You're fed up. You're disgusted that evil always seems to win, that that politicians speak nothing but lies and that they seek the demise of anyone who disagrees with their leftists, their leftist leanings. Is it any wonder that when Jesus parts those on his judgment seat, he says to the righteous right, go and come unto me, and those on his left, he says, depart. You wonder why God even allows the re-election of such um, serial, serial liars. Have you ever become wary, so wary of being outraged? We are just, frankly, wasting away, it seems. We wonder how, how an entire system, an entire system, the, the media, I realized when I was growing up, 
young, I probably early, I, I looked at those announcers as almost goddesses and goddesses, goddesses and goddesses. How an entire system, the media has been persuaded to further the lies and to further promote such a nonsensical agenda and, and why I refer to it as fake, fake news. We get, we get frustrated. We get fr fr frustrated that too many pulpits, that too many pulpits will not address what vital issues that could at least wake up some Christians. We've lost the, the pulpit of Dr. Billy Graham and Dr. James Kennedy, and the list goes on. Oral Roberts. Politicians enter offices ordinary people, but in time, they're worth tens of millions of dollars. Much of this wealth is from nefarious, nefarious deals, I fear, and we are outraged today, and outraged today's political players are nothing but a crime syndicate. No, nothing in this world works very well, and that's that's by design. You know, we as Christians have told that, are told that in the last days it will be worse and Sodom and Gomorrah will be Sodom and Gomorrah will, will rise up and say, how come you destroyed us when the evil that is practiced so prevalently in the day, as in the days of Noah, so shall the second coming of Christ be. No, nothing in this world works very well and that is by, I believe, a design of Satan. But don't interpret that as evil, as evil winning. Evil people will someday soon stand at that great white throne judgment where they will give account for every one of their deeds, their lies, their greed, their selfishness. They will receive unspeakable justice. Some people cry about our borders and the inflation and we have more oil fuel reserves thousands of years in America that God has blessed us. Some people whine, but they don't do anything about it. They don't even pray about it. No, nothing in this world works very well, and that, I believe, is by Satan's design. God said that Satan is the prince of this world, and he's a fallen angel, and his demons are just wanting us not to follow God's way. But don't interpret this as an evil winning. Evil people will someday stand at that great white throne judgment where they will account for every one of their, their deeds, their lies, their greed, their selfishness, their misconceptions of what they thought was right. I can't criticize them for their sincerity, but they're sincerely wrong. They, they will receive unspeakable justice. It is finished. It is finished, the beginning of the end. God didn't ignore the evil that the fall produced. When Jesus cried these anguished three words on the cross, and they were what? It is finished. Jesus signaled the beginning of the end. The power of sin and death, which is so strangles the human soul that wants to strangle your soul and my soul, which ravages evil, my friends. 
is not winning. It's not winning. The story of the Bible is, is that there is hope. The story of the Bible is that there is hope. There is hope in death. There is hope in burial. There is hope in resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God promises to rescue his church just as he rescued the righteous at the flood and at Sodom and Gomorrah, some listening by way of television or radio, they'll, they'll be lifted out of that broken world by the bridegroom, the rapture who will rescue the bride. And while we are ransomed here upon earth, and what lies ahead for our, God's churches is a, is a glorious beyond words. What lies ahead for the wicked is unthinkable. In the end, in the end, they do not win. We're to look up. We're to look up and not around. You look around, you get dismayed and discouraged, but we're to look up. I've said this for years, for, for decades, that if we look around, we will be depressed. If we look up, we will have hope. We will be able to cope. We will have joy in the midst of Earth's, Earth's tremendous sorrows. Father, this morning, we pray for those by way of television and radio. For some reason, God has allowed us to understand the grand plan outlined in the Bible. Better days are ahead. Actually, glorious days are ahead. Our scripture from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17 reminds us, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up, rapio, caught up, together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore we are to comfort, comfort one another with these words, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and as we close, join me in this prayer, dear Jesus, Help me to pre prepare, 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 Lord, to pack our bags with faith, hope, and love. Forgive our sinful nature. Give us the nature of Christ. Transform our minds. Prepare us for your coming. In Jesus' name, amen. As we turn to our offertory prayer and prepare for our closing prayer and our offering, let us pray together. God of love and compassion, the need for your presence in this world is overwhelming. Confrontation and division are everywhere we look, in communities, in our countries, in our church, and in our world. We have endured much and others have had to endure so much more. The Apostle Paul reminds us that if we endure, we will reign with Jesus. May the gifts we give help all your children endure these strange and challenging times. In the name of Jesus, the Christ, we pray. Amen. As the ushers come forward, let us turn to our offertory hymn. There is a balm in Gilead, and balm is healing. We need healing for ourselves and our world. Purple number 375, please.
Would you stand for the doxology, please? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, most report to us that they can hardly keep up with all the news and the information that breaks daily and hourly. Much of it has biblical implications. Much of what is happening is a reminder that the hour is late. With each prophecy, with each book that the Bible describes, help us to be discerners of the times. Help us, Lord, to give so that others may hear thy word. Thank you for the gifts and the givers. In Jesus' name, amen. Chris or Kathy.